I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is not as simple as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened up so many more doors. The show is called The The Deal. Deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Everybody, welcome back to another edition of Bavarian Podcast Works. This is Chuck Smith, and I'm here to bring you the preview show ahead of Bayern Munich's Bundesliga match against SC Freiburg, which is on Friday. And you know how I feel about Friday games. Friday games, blah. Sunday games, blah. Give me all the Saturday games. That's all I ever want to see. But uh, hey, the game is on Friday, so we will approach it that way, and we will attack this preview show knowing that our week is a short week, and for Bayern Munich, they are experiencing a short week as well. Makes it a very difficult spot against the Freiburg side that has traditionally given Bayern Munich some trouble. So uh, we'll take a look at where each team is in the table at this point because, hey, the recent form of both clubs has not been that great, and it's important to understand which way things are trending heading into this match. For Bayern Munich, they are sitting in second place of the table, through 23 match days, they have 17 wins, two draws, four losses. That's good for 53 points, a whopping eight points behind first place Bayer Leverkusen. Who could have foreseen this before the season? How crazy is it? Uh, Bayern Munich has 63 goals for, 26 against. Over the course of their last five Bundesliga matches, Bayern Munich has three wins and two losses. Last week was a 2-1 victory over RB Leipzig. Thanks to a late goal from Harry Kane. Harry Kane continues to amaze with his goal production. We'll see if he can continue his scoring ways this week against a wounded SC Freiburg side. And when I say wounded, I mean both physically and mentally. Freiburg has been in a tailspin of late. Through 23 match days, Freiburg has eight wins, five draws, and 10 losses. That's good for 29 points. Puts them one point behind eighth place Werder Bremen and one point ahead of 10th place Heidenheim. Over the course of Freiburg's last five matches, they have four losses and one draw. Last week was a 2-1 loss to FC Augsburg. A couple of weeks back, they had a 3-3 draw against Eintracht Frankfurt. SC Freiburg has 30 goals for, 42 against. That's a goal differential of negative 12. So Freiburg, as you can see, they're scuffling. This is not your vintage Christian strike Freiburg side that is well-equipped to give anybody a battle. It's not that the talent level is bad with Freiburg, but it just hasn't really clicked this season like it has in many other seasons for Freiburg. And it just, aside of not having come together, they've seemed to have gotten into this rut that they can't get out of. 
And it's very unusual because Christian Strike has been one of those managers that's had a knack for working with teams with rosters that have lesser talent. Uh, it seems like this year, while the team has about the same talent level as it's had in the past, maybe a little bit less, uh, he just has not found a way to reach this team and propel it to the heights that I think a lot of us have become used to in looking at Freiburg. Now, I, when I look at Freiburg and I look at them, especially as they are under Christian Strike, I always think they are a threat to anybody because he just has a, a way of being able to push his teams, but it just has not worked lately. And with the way things are going with them, they are in a terrible position, even as the home side to face uh, an equally wounded Bayern Munich who is looking to rebound and looking to continue their progression forward, but they haven't been great either. So I don't know that this version of the SC Freiburg side that we are going to see this weekend is going to be capable of putting together an effort that's going to knock off Bayern Munich. Uh, we could go up and down the Freiburg roster, but you're not going to see anyone who is going to blow your doors off. You know, you recognize the names of Christian Gunter and Matthias Ginter, you know, just speaking of their defense right there. I mean, that is, those are two well-respected players. Um, you know, they've got a host of interesting names, people that have, you know, you've seen through the years of watching the Bundesliga who have, either been players who have made an impact or who were once heralded prospects. Of course, you look at Max Eggestein, uh, Ritsu Joen, Vincenzo Grifo, Nicholas Hoffler. I mean, they're Maximilian Philip. I mean, <laughs> Max Philip was a player who was very well thought of at one point, and, and you know, he's been on a bit of a career roller coaster since then, jumping from club to club. Michael Grigorich, who, of course, had a very strong, ten very strong period of time at FC Augsburg, this is not a Lucas Holaire, another one. I, like I said, you could go up and down the roster. You'll recognize the names. You'll recognize the talent. But just quite frankly, it hasn't worked this year for Freiburg. So even though they are the home side and it is a Friday game, which theoretically should give them some advantage over a traveling Bayern Munich team, it does not seem like this Freiburg side is really going to be able to mount much of a resistance against what should be a very motivated Bayern Munich side. Now, maybe I'm a little bit optimistic in thinking that Bayern Munich is motivated, but I feel like this is a veteran enough team and a hungry enough team and one that has an immense amount of pride that they don't want to go out with a whimper this season. Yes, they're in an eight-point hole. Yes, it looks very, very bleak but I don't think they want to go out this way. I think they want to make one last charge, give it their all. If they fall short, they fall short, but they don't want to leave anything out on the pitch. One way to do that is just now to start turning it around and pushing forward. You've already gotten through the hard part. Thomas Tuchel's no longer going to be coaching the club next season. We'll see if he even makes it through the rest of this season. But with Tuchel, the team has to figure out how it's going to respond from week to week to what he is saying and what his decisions are. It could go south very, very quickly. And that is the danger in keeping Tuchel employed. I mean, if he starts to piss players off, if he starts to irritate them, if he makes decisions based on what he wants to do rather than what's best for the team, something that I feel like has plagued him over the course of his tenure at Bayern Munich, it could all fall apart. There's no doubt about it. However, when you have players like Harry Kane, who desperately wants a trophy, you have the veteran leadership of Thomas Muller and Manuel Neuer. You have players like Joshua Kimmich and Leon Goretzka 
Serge Gnabry, who have been drugged through the mud all season. Matthijs Delict, you could add him to that list, either by the coach or by the media or by both. Those kind of players have had a difficult run here. Now, do they rally and battle and fight their way back up to respectability? Or do they wallow in what is a, pretty much a bad season by all accounts? Do they wallow in self-pity because they feel bad for how they've been treated? And and I'm hoping that we don't see that. And I think what we've seen out of Kimmich and Goretzka so far is they've proven to be resilient. I'm very interested to see how Serge Gnabry comes out when he's finally ready to play and get back on the pitch. I want to see how he approaches things because maybe more than Kimmich and Goretzka, Gnabry has been flamed on social media and by Bayern Munich fans. And I think a lot of people forget just how good he was when he was at his best with Bayern Munich. It's unfortunate that he's had injuries this season. And yes, he has not always been the most consistent. If you could make any criticism about him over his tenure at Bayern Munich, he is up and down. And when he's great, he's great. And when he's bad, he's pretty damn bad. So I want to see how players respond. I want to see how Tuchel continues to manage the team. I did feel as if, even though it wasn't a great, win or a great effort against RB Leipzig last week. I wanted to see how the players responded to it. And I felt like they showed some resilience and I felt like they showed fight, which was really in my mind, the bar that needed to be hit for last week. You wanted to see them come out and battle, not get down on themselves and pick up three points by scraping. I mean, they had the fight for that. They, there was no way they were going to play against Leipzig and come out with an easy victory. So it was good to see that they were able to battle for that, get the three points, and now can hopefully continue to take steps forward as they make one last run at this. And, and listen, they're not eliminated from the Champions League either. So there are some things to play for. It's obviously not an ideal situation for anyone. I don't think this is great for Tuchel either. I think he knows that parts of the locker room don't like him, don't respect him. I think the players probably feel the same way about the coach that they feel like the coach doesn't like them or respect them at least some of the players so this is this is a very awkward period can they coexist and manage to push forward or will this eventually fully break and everything collapses we've already seen the downward spiral now we've been able to watch Bayern Munich level that off and now can they take those steps back upward to get back to where they need to be which is making a last-ditch effort to try and win the Bundesliga and trying to get themselves out of their self-induced hole that they dug in the Champions League. Those are the biggest questions that we have. Uh, we're going to take a quick break. We'll be right back. We're going to discuss some of the news from this week surrounding Bayern Munich. We'll take a guess at the Bayern Munich lineup after we look at their injuries and then have a prediction on the match. Stay with us. We'll be right back. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg. This is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and not and, as uh, simple you know, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many you know, more doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. Spotify. 
Hey, everybody. Welcome back to Bavarian Podcast Works. This is Chuck Smith, and I'm here to bring you the preview show. Thanks for hanging in through that first segment. I uh, did want to touch on some of the most recent news involving Bayern Munich uh, that we got this week. Of course, the biggest thing that dropped this week was that it seems pretty much a foregone conclusion now that Alfonso Davies is going to uh, be moving to Real Madrid this summer. And I will tackle this topic in depth on the weekend warm up podcast when that drops on Thursday. But just a quick take on this. I think we've all seen this coming. Uh, the funny thing is that this news has really all started to drop just as Davies is overcoming his injury and is just about ready to be back in the lineup for Bayern Munich. So there will be a lot of focus on Davies for this match against Freiburg, not just because he's back from injury, but because just about everybody knows now that he's leaving Bayern Munich and that, well, listen, it's not a, it's not definitive yet, but we've seen multiple reports. We've seen the reports state that he's already told the Premier League clubs that he's out. He's not going to move there. He's going to Real Madrid. Whatever you believe, whatever you don't, it really doesn't much matter. There's been so much noise around this. It just seems like, even with the quotes from Max Eberl this week, that Bayern Munich is resigned to the fact that they're, they are going to have to sell Alfonso Davies this summer, that he wants to go to Real Madrid. And now the only question that's out there is how much can they get for him? And as you can imagine, leverage is about nil at this point. So hopefully Davies is ready. He's targeting coming back this week. He wants to play on Friday. And we'll see if he can. So that will be a very interesting thing that could uh, provide some spark to this match if Davies is ready. One of the other things uh, that came up, and I'll just touch on this briefly as well, is, uh, because I do want to hit on this in the weekend warm-up, but Thomas Tuchel said that he thought Bayern Munich's locker room and the boardroom were resistant to change. And this sparked a really big debate on BFW. And, uh, you know, listen, what Tuchel said is is not wrong. I mean, when you've had a prolonged period of success, when you've had all of these championships, when you've won everything that you could possibly win in a season like Bayern did in 2020 and 2021, um, or I'm sorry, I guess I should say 2019 and 2020, it did extend to 21 for I think it was the UEFA Super Cup because of just the scheduling through the COVID year. But either way, I mean, it wasn't that long ago, right? Like <laughs> Byron just did have like the most massive amount of success that you can have over a, a season period. Uh, you know, it, it, it wasn't that long ago. So, um, you know, to think that there is resistance to change, I think is a little bit natural because they've won so much and they've had so much success. Uh, what I think this boils down to more than anything, more than any resistance to change, which I'm sure existed in both the locker room and the boardroom, is that Tuchel's just never really a good fit anyway. I mean, everything about his style of coaching, his relationship management, how he interacts with players, uh, his ideas for how a team should be run, his his ideas on what kind of formations he wanted to run and what kind of players he wanted, nothing fit. Nothing fit Bayern Munich. And I think in the end, whether you like Tuchel or you hate him or whatever, the bottom line is this was always destined to fail because there was no possible way that everything was going to be aligned for him here. And part of it is, yes, a resistance to change because why should Bayern Munich change for a coach? Shouldn't a coach have to change for Bayern Munich? And I think that that is ultimately how both the boardroom and the locker room saw this. And yes, absolutely. When Oliver Kahn and Brazo were let go, that essentially neutered any possible chance of this working. And yes, I think they probably were let go for a very good reason. 
having rushed the sacking of Julian Nagelsmann just a year and a half into what was supposed to be a five-year project, that was a bad idea. Replacing him with Tuchel, who I can't even recall many people thinking this was actually going to work, was a worse idea, arguably. So ultimately, they paid the price for those decisions with their jobs. But by Bayern Munich letting them go, it also absolutely killed any chance of this working out for Thomas Tuchel at Bayern Munich. So a lot of big news dropped this week. We saw a lot with the German national team. We saw a lot of transfer rumors. Andy Robertson possibly filling in uh, for Alfonso Davies next year is crazy and as ludicrous as that rumor is. We'll discuss all of that on the weekend warm-up. But yeah, it was a very busy week. So there was a lot to talk about with Bayern Munich. So join us when we hit on those things in the weekend warm-up podcast. But back to the preview show. Bayern Munich is still in that same injury situation that we've seen of late, although it is slightly better now. Uh, Daniel Pretz is still out. Tarek Buckman is on a longer-term injury after a setback. He is probably not going to be touching a ball until sometime in late June, which is very unfortunate. Nusar Mizrahi uh, and Sasha Bouet were both back seen at Sabinerstrasse running this week, but doesn't mean that they're going to be ready for this weekend. Hunasar, of course, has the torn ACL. He's also been jogging and trying to work out. So those three right backs are still out, which is kind of crazy. That Bayern Munich sustained all of that uh, damage in that one position. Uh, so I guess we could expect to see Joshua Kimmich playing right back again. It seems like Tuchel has moved on from Conrad Leimer as an option at right back. Kingsley Coman. Did do some individual training this week. It doesn't look like he's going to be ready quite yet. Uh, he's got a long way to go uh, with his rehab, I think. I would expect sometime in April for him to be ready, but so far, so good. It seems like the progress that he's made, the fact that he's back doing individual workouts is a good sign, uh, but it definitely you know, it remains to be seen exactly how much longer he'll be out. Uh, Serge Gnabry returned to team training this week, so that was a good thing. Bayern Munich is banged up. They're still banged up. They're always going to be banged up. But, uh, of course, no matter how hurt they are, they have such enormous quality on this side that it does give Thomas Tuchel a lot of options. And I know when I say there's a lot of quality there, a lot of people don't agree with that. But I don't know. I look up and down this roster, and I, I do think that this is a uh, this is a possibility for Bayern Munich to uh, – you know, be able to interweave some of these players who either are just coming back from injuries or could possibly get some of the players who just haven't had that much experience playing this season uh, back out on the pitch. So uh, Bayern Munich absolutely uh, has some choices to make. Thomas Tuchel, of course, being the one to make them. So when we look at the lineup this week, it, it obviously is something that uh, leaves some room for discussion because there are some positions that could be in flux. We, we of course, have injuries and uh, suspensions to deal with. So let's talk about all that now by trying to predict this lineup for Thomas Tuchel. Uh, Manuel Neuer will absolutely be the goalkeeper this weekend. Uh, he... That's been great. I thought he was excellent against RB Leipzig. Uh, listen, he's had a couple of down moments here and there, but name me any goalkeeper that doesn't have four or five of those at a minimum every season. So Neuer, I mean, the fact that he has been able to perform this way at his age, I think he's he's proving to Bayern Munich that he still has what it takes to be a top-shelf goalkeeper, uh, at least for the next year, maybe even longer. 
When we look at the center backs this week, it does become a little bit more difficult to gauge. We have Matthijs De Ligt out with a suspension based on yellow card accumulation. Uh, we have Dio Upamakano who is facing a red card suspension in the Champions League. And, and while it might seem like it'd be a natural choice to put him at center back, you might want to get players like Eric Dyer and Kim Min Jae on the pitch together. In the event something happens with Delict, we already know that Tuchel doesn't like Delict that much, but you, you might want to take a look at what those two might look like as a tandem, considering that Upamakano will not be available for the next Champions League match. Either way, when we look at these four center backs, you can scrap Delict from the mix this week. I think that Tuchel will ultimately go with Upamakano and Kim Min Jae, though I don't think it's such a stretch to think that Eric Dyer could be used in a substitute capacity somewhere around the 60-minute mark. I think Dyer, for all the criticism he's gotten, has done fairly well. Let's be honest. Uh, it was his pass over the top to Eric Maxim Chupo-Moting that sprung Bayern Munich for the last goal. Uh, Chupo-Moting, of course, had a great touch over to Harry Kane, with who had a deft finish. So Dyer, in my mind, and I've said this before, he, you got him to be your fourth center back. He's done the job and more, and he's been quality in doing so. So, I mean, I think all of the criticism that he's taken on was really undeserved at this point. When we look at the outside back positions, I think that we're going to see Alfonso Davies be ready in time. It really does seem like he's optimistic about being able to play. I think that he wants to play. I think all of this noise surrounding him and his potential transfer to Real Madrid these are things that he wants to get past, that he wants to absolutely uh, put on the back burner for now. So the only way he can really do that is by going out on the field and playing a quality match. So I think we will see Davies at left back. As far as right back goes, I think it's going to be Joshua Kimmich. It looks like he's going to be stuck in that position for a while, even if he doesn't want to be there. So uh, not a bad little back four there. I mean, obviously, they've all had their struggles. I don't think Kimmich was great last week against RB Leipzig. I thought he looked very, very rusty as a right back. And I think that's natural. It's disappointing because I think when you look back at Kimmich during his right back days, I remember him being so confident as a player back there and really just owning that position when he was out. Uh, now, you know, he looks a little more indecisive. Maybe he's lost a step and isn't as confident in being able to take the chances he used to take. But either way, it wasn't the same Yashua Kimmich playing right back that we had seen in the past. I'll be very interested to see how he handles it moving forward. He's got talent. He's got the smarts. He's got the intensity. But can he find that magic that he once had at right back? I'm, I'm not so sure. Uh, in the central midfield, there are some interesting choices. Of course, you look at Alexander Pavlovich and Leon Goretzka as two players who probably will be on the pitch. Rafael Guerrero, I thought, did well for himself last week uh, playing left back. So he could earn a spot in the central midfield under Thomas Tuchel for this match. It's a very, very interesting situation because you have Goretzka, who is a guy who's been under fire by Tuchel. And by fans as well. You have Pavlovich is the guy that everybody wants to see succeed because everybody wants that homegrown player to make it from Bayern Munich. They want to see someone rise from the ashes at Sabiner Strasse as a campus product. And Pavlovich seems like he's got the smarts and the poise to do so. His performances have been great for the most part. 
He just needs to continue to evolve his game. He needs to continue to improve. And if he keeps getting opportunities like he has under Thomas Tuchel, I think he might get the opportunity to really make it. He might be the next player who becomes a club stalwart for Bayern Munich, but he's going to need to continue to get those opportunities. And if Bayern Munich goes out and they get one or two midfielders in the summer, I would think that Pavlovich will go from being a kid who has the potential to be a contributor for Bayern Munich to being someone who might get sent out on loan, which would be very unfortunate. But either way, I think we will see Pavlovich and Leon Goretzka man the central midfield. I do think Tuchel will have a quick hook if he doesn't like what Goretzka is doing. I think we'll see Rafael Guerrero pretty quickly. Uh, you know, you might notice that I omitted Conrad Limer there. I, I don't get the impression that Tuchel's a massive fan of Conrad Limer. In fact, I'm going to be honest here. I don't get the impression that anyone at Bayern Munich in its present state is a big fan of Conrad Limer. That was a Nagelsmann move. Nagelsmann got sacked. Now Bayern, I don't want to say stuck with Limer because I think Limer is a good player. I just don't necessarily know if he fits at Bayern Munich with the way that the team is currently constructed. So I don't know how much time he'll get. I would imagine he'll get something in this match toward the end uh, in a substitute role just to get him some field time. But I don't anticipate that he's going to be a major player for Bayern Munich moving forward. When we look at the attack, it's a little bit easy to call the attack these days because you have Harry Kane, who is a constant. He will never be removed. He has been that good. And listen, there are definitely some criticisms about how he's been used, how he's performed at times. And that mostly stems from his role, whether Tuchel wants him to sit deeper or whether it's just Kane's preference. And you could argue that the coach should be making him break that preference to get further up the field to be a target man where Byron needs him. However you feel about it, the fact remains that Kane is still produced even if some of the matches have been frustrating with his lack of involvement. Either way, uh, we know Kane has been also frustrated at times with the lack of service he's gotten, so maybe that's why he's been sitting deeper to get on the ball. No matter how you feel about it, Harry Kane's had a hell of a season. So he'll be right back there at striker. When we look at the next three positions, you do have Serge Gnabry, who is expected to be healthy but probably not ready to start. You have Thomas Muller. You have Jamal Musiala. You have Leroy Zane, who is training individually this week, hoping to be ready in time for the game. It is expected that Zane, even though he's battling some groin and patella issues, that he could be ready in time. He's They're, they're basically taking a very conservative approach with him to try and get him ready. They want to really lower the wear and tear that he's accumulated by not making him participate in team training. So I, I would anticipate, even with all of those options, that we will see Zane, Musiala, and Muller join Harry Kane in that attacking group. So from the back, we have Manuel Neuer. We have Dio Upamakano and Kim Min Jae. We have Alfonso Davies and Joshua Kimmich. As the outside backs, the central midfield will be Leon Gretzka and Alexander Pavlovich. We have the attack as Harry Kane, Thomas Muller, Jamal Musiala, and Leroy Zane. Seeing Chupo back in the lineup wouldn't be a total surprise. Uh, if Gnabry is deemed healthy enough to contribute this week, I think he could be an option to get some sub time as well. Matisse Tell is also an option to probably make a sub appearance. Uh, he has been much better off the bench than he has been as a starter. And I understand why the youngster has been frustrated about not getting more opportunities, but let's be honest, he has not taken advantage of those opportunities when he's had the chance to start. He just looks more comfortable coming in 
uh, off the bench with his fresh legs against some tired legs of the opposition. So I think that's a little bit strategic by Tuchel. And even though Tell is not overly happy with his situation, uh, it might be the best thing for him at the moment to be used as a super sub. When we look at a prediction in this match, I've been an idiot all season making predictions. That that thing has not changed. That's been a constant. Uh, I continue to ignore the home field advantage, even in the Bundesliga. I, for whatever reason, feel so tempted each week to go with the away teams because I always end up feeling like they're a bit stronger than whoever the home side is. It's just been a bad trend I've been on this season. And when I look at this week, I see a very weak SC Freiburg side. I see a Bayern Munich side who has one last-ditch effort maybe uh, to make this a, a, a run at the Bundesliga title or to at least turn themselves around in hopes of changing things in the Champions League. What will happen? I, I don't think there will be much of a home field advantage this week. I think Freiburg, as much as they need a victory, is just not equipped right now. So I think we will see a Bayern Munich shutout 3-0. I know that's overly optimistic, but I think that's how it will play out. And that will wrap up the preview show. So thanks for hanging in there for this one. As I said, check out the weekend warm-up podcast when it drops on Thursday. And of course, we'll have a post-game show Friday and our normal Bavarian podcast work show that drops every Monday. So we've got a full slate for you. Keep checking us out. Uh, as always, you can get me at the Barrel Blog on Twitter. You can get the site at Bavarian FB Works. You can get our tweetmeister, Tom Adams, at TommyAdams71. You can get I Need No Name at BFWIN. And then you can get all of our wonderful and talented writers and podcasters at BavarianFootballWorks.com. Enjoy the match. Have a couple of beers on me. And we will see you next time. <laughs>